0: It was for me, to be honest, it was complete (laughs) (laughs) But I try to be a gentleman. No, it was actually, he's a, yeah, I mean, look, it was a great play he made. I'm happy he's got the ball. I wish I didn't throw it, but I'm trying to be a good sport because a lot of times I'm not a good sport. I could be a pretty bad sport. And so in the moment when they get me in the right frame, I'm actually a good sport. Cofield
1: and Company live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports
2: Reno. Reno's in, Vegas is in. ESPN Radio here with Cofield and Company. John Von Tobel is in as well. By the way, I gave out the wrong address to get LV Bowl tickets. You can go to lvbowl.com it's Ticketmaster. Double-check that. Ticketmaster, that's the app, right, that people are getting when they get the tickets, so it's Ticketmaster for the LV Bowl, Florida, Oregon State, and tickets, as I mentioned, will be hard to come by. A few less seats available for the game on Saturday, 11.30 kickoff. We start off the 4 o'clock hour for the entire state of Nevada with the Big 4 at 4.
0: Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents The Big 4 at 4.
2: Number you know, I don't have kids. Everyone knows that. I mention it all the time on the show. And there's some parents I look at, and I'm like, good job. There's others I'm like, you're a nightmare. Look at what you've produced here because of your poor parenting. John is in the former category. He's doing a good job. I'm not around his kids, so I have to distrust him on, on what I hear. When I'm around them, they're well-behaved. But you're you're kind of a hard ass. You're kind of old school. <laughs> you are. You know, you've talked about nepotism that it will not happen in your family. Uh, John will you know, own a radio station, and then all of a sudden we'll see 15 years from now, both of his kids will have a sports talk show. And like, eh, things change. I uh, have more money. I, uh, as I've said, I'll look to actively get my kids fired before I get them jobs. Uh, yeah. I mean, it happens to start from the, the ground up. That's right. Right? I don't know what the ground up is here. I don't want to insult anyone. So I did the ground up jobs, and so did you. So I don't want to say, I was
1: working overnights at Target and coming in to a Cofield and producing co-fielding company. There you go.
2: You do the same. To, to, yeah, you're going to make your kids work hard. Um, are they going to be allowed to play football? No. What? Isabel has, and I'm not really going to fight wife? her on it. Yeah, Isabel has said, said no. Absolutely not. But if they're if they're uh, kind of big and stocky, what are you going to put them in? Got ma- to max out the athletic ability and the
1: size. As you have said, things change in years, right? Yeah. Um, but like I said, like, am I going to like push for it? No. I also think like if we're talking big picture and whatnot. I think there's better sports for them and their bodies. And if they were to, like, you know, play at a higher level, I'd rather see them play baseball, right, soccer, things like that. Okay. So athletics are not out the window. It's just football with everything we know about injuries and whatnot. My wife has said, "Mm, (laughs) no.
2: All right. So like a Reyes-Maranta pitching or uh – oh. Who do we want? Who's the first baseman Bartolo for the Mets? Cologne. Bartolo Colon. Bartolo Colon. Sure.
1: Well, I mean, think about that. That would, in all seriousness, I hope that for like that would be great. Just like a super long career, just a rock solid dude. Just go out there for like ten. 12. I've always said, if my kids play football, I don't know if I've shared my theory with you. What I'm trying to kind of convince my wife is not so much play football, Steve, but train them to be long snappers so that it's not like an overtly physical position they can actually be in demand have a really long career nobody really know them but to have like two sons that are like the long snapping brothers the von Tobels, it'd be freaking great that's a good gig <laughs> right that's make a real league, good gig like
2: me like make league minimum and play for like 10 years It'd be great by the way i know who the mets first baseman is pete Alonso. yeah but speaking of why can't i remember uh, who's the who's the other one who came from the cubs in seattle Short, squatty guy. Is it Dan? What, what's his last name? Now nah, I can't remember his oh, freaking name. I have no idea. Now we're both blanking. Yeah, we're, I, yeah, and then I just punched up a list of fattest uh, players in Major League Baseball history, and it just it, the top of the page just starts with um, Pablo Sandoval, well, just his shirt up and his gut hanging out.
1: One of our more, our more recent favorites, which I don't think my kid's going to be that short, but like an Alejandro Kirk. Oh, I love that
2: guy. Yeah, be like a five nine two sixty catcher but he was hitting for contact move. like crazy yeah. yeah he can get on base or uh what is it astadio he's another one he's yeah a short hey. spotty guy who can run a little bit can definitely hit can play all different positions anyway long story short as i keep using that reference uh let's get to it i sent you a video of a dad giving his kid the hard treatment football practice the video shows this gentleman tackling how old do you think this kid is seven Uh, Yeah, like seven to nine. He was a little kid, and a
1: form-fit tackle too. By the way, like the dad chops it down, doesn't let his kid pick a direction, and just spears him, just completely spears him. Now the kids in pads, and the dad isn't. But it was a great tackle. It was absolutely phenomenal, and it was not like these like mom versus you know like son videos, right? Because the sons kind of take it easy on the moms, and you know they're not in full pads. This dad took a couple of steps, broke down to see where his son was going, and just
2: lunged at him. I will say we got it. let's tweet this out at Cofielding Company on Twitter at Cofielding Company. Uh, because I want you also to watch the dad annihilate his kid at this football practice, the kids in pads and a helmet. but he also I think he actually if you could do this in the NFL, it's what the NFL would want. He actually cushioned the kids' fall by almost like hugging him and yeah. rolling him. Now, I don't believe, you know, six three, three hundred and forty pound defensive tackles could do that with you know, Justin Herbert actually better said, you know what? Don't send that to the NFL, but right. they might actually start to think that you can do this. It was, it was a grown man and a child. That's why that tackle was possible. Also, did I misread it? Cause I, you know, I had some time I was watching it. Um, did he like pretend to kick dirt on him? He did. Like, does he actually talk trash on a seven-year-old and kind of kick dirt on him and, and showboated a bit, which is great. Cause that's one of the things that, uh, that are in our family. One of the things we're working on is you lose sometimes. You yeah. got to teach them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if you don't teach your kids to lose, it's a, it's a horrific skill that you've uh, failed to align them with. Everyone has to learn how to lose. You will lose in life. Kids right now, Uncle Steve telling you, you will lose. Everything is not going to be as good as it is now. Lose.
1: My kid got mad at me the other day cuz he I don't know what we were playing, but he goes, "Dad, can I win next time?" And I go, "Sure. If you beat me, I like
2: that. <laughs> he got really mad. I like that a lot.
0: Number three.
2: So not too much drama at the uh, the Von Tobel household. Every once in a while, the kids are getting sick. You know, it's the kind of thing that comes with parenting. Um, I have cats, so I just wanted to loop you in on the latest. You have one cat or two now? Uh, we don't have any. Oh, you got rid of them. What yeah. happened?
1: So the, they run away. The, they get no, sick? no, no, no no, away? no, no, We had to give them. We had to give Figaro away. Uh, she did not like Isabel. She oh, wow. attacked her three times. Like attack, like claws out. What'd you do? Sliced her hand open. Like it was bad. That's not good. Yeah, Uh, loved me though. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely loved me. Um, What'd you do with the cat? So we we gave her away to a a nice home. Okay, good. Yeah, doing well. Yes,
2: yes. Very concerned about that. Um, I have a new baby in my life. We have a new kitten i i did get kind of like was like what when i read this i know right? i said, I, said <laughs> I gotta talk about the new baby in my life situation the only reason i bring it up is the significant other is a lunatic about cats and we've isolated this cat before he is going to blend with the two older female cats except the cat is being kept in a bathroom right with the door closed got a fan on in there litter food toys like all the all the good things the ESO is in there, I swear, like every 15 minutes. It's it's insane. But the only downside is it's cold right now. Oh, yeah. And the rule is, well, if you turn on the heat, the bathroom the cat's in could get too hot for the cat. I am freezing all day. Like, and I'm not, I don't, I don't get a. I all I do is sweat. I'm chubby. Like, my, when I was prepping the show today, I'm like, my hands are so cold. You can't and and even when she left, I'm like, I'm gonna follow the rules. This this little cat rules the house already. To the point, I last night it was like layers upon layers and double blankets. I'm like, we just turn on the heat? I mean, so you know who runs the house, right? Uh, but I,
1: knowing everything that you own, I'm surprised you don't have one of those like oscillating stick heaters. Like you have so many things in your do, house. I actually
2: do have two. Uh, like portable heaters in the garage, which we, to... which we could easily plug in. I could plug in around me, but but the the downside is, if you've ever used one of those things, uses a hot. lot of lot of electric. Well, I, I I'm just not willing to. I, I'm I'm willing to complain about how cold I am, but I'm not willing to actually spend whatever ten bucks for the day to heat up my hands. But it's
1: also, and maybe this is just me, um, it's never good enough. It's always too hot, and then you have to go and turn it off for a while. And then it gets too cold, and then you got to put it back on. Like even the low setting for me is too hot. They get hot. They do. They get crazy hot. <laughs> they
2: get hot. So I don't know what's going to happen here. That this cat's got to get out of that bathroom. What's his name? His name? Um, Chalupa. It's a good name.
1: I like names of animals. But, but like she, an wanted go, she wanted to go. She
2: wanted Chalupa to go short with Chewy. No, I know she wants Chewy. do not you go Chula there? I don't know. Although Chula is a not my be call. girl name, so. it's not my call. Yeah, I was able to uh, name the previous but, male cat. No, it'd be Lou. You'd call Lou for short. Chalupa, Louie? yeah, or Louie. Okay. Yeah, all right, I'll run up higher. I, I mean, don't think you're, you're, gonna you're gonna win this one. She made a decision. This this name was predetermined like five months ago. When we had Figaro, we uh, their nickname for Figaro was Figs. That's a good name. Yeah, Lou
1: is way the way. You to miss go. cats, don't you? You miss them? Oh, I do. Cried the other day about it.
2: No, but I do miss the cat. The cat was awesome. Like I said, uh, it loved me. We do uh, (laughs) like taking care of cats, so maybe we'll find your wife uh, another one, a nice one that won't scratch her. Number two. Uh, This story that Dan Campbell, I I had to bring it back. We played it uh, for a minute yesterday. That Panay Sewell play is one of the coolest things I've ever seen with an offensive lineman going in motion, perfect hands, speed. I mean, he was flying across in motion at 335 pounds. So Dan Campbell, who we know, is big galoot. And, like, does he know X's and O's? Is he even watching the game? He actually admitted like, he had no idea what the hell was going on in the play.
3: So we're in that situation, and the fans are doing the wave around the stadium, and so I'm just watching, and I hear Ben Johnson's like, hey, Coach, you want to I'm so focused on the wave, and I said, yeah, that's fine. And I look up, and we're throwing it to Panay, and I'm like, what the f- are we doing? <laughs> said it was fine, so, but it worked
0: out great.
2: Laughter on radio is often fake. That is a hilarious moment. That the big galoot was was just fixated on the wave, like, bro, there's a game going on. It's an NFL game. You gotta watch. You think you're taking it up? Do
1: we go the serious route here, which is? Oh, I did a little bit yesterday. I kind of actually believe that he was enamored with the wave. I totally believe it. And had no idea what was happening. Yeah, I I I bet you he checks out five six times a game. That's so bad. That thing is on cruise control. That's it's a Look, it's almost like it's like Ed Orgeron-esque, right? Not the off-field stuff, <laughs> but like Ed <laughs> Orgeron, when they won that title, <laughs> he had two great coordinators and a lot of people who were making some great decisions right. underneath them. He was That's just going fun. out
2: there being a the ball coach. Like, That's it. Like, <laughs> Yell at him before the game. Yell at them at half. Yell at him when they come off the field. But beyond that, hey, coach, what do you want to run? <laughs> And to Did get you an- say yes or no, I, I don't know. To get enamored with the wave of all things too. That, that's right? another. Like it's
1: not like it's not like a state of the art stadium thing, like lifting the Bobby. Okay, it's not anything like <laughs> that. State of the art lifting the Bobby.
2: I do like lifting which the I miss
1: that, and I wish they would bring it back. Huh. Um, no, like that's it's the wave. You've seen it a thousand times.
2: What's the difference? And it was a huge. Like, He's it a was simple simple big team game. He's. You know what it was. The place was full for once. It was. Maybe he was just enamored with that. It was the game. Like, it was almost
1: like the game clinching play. It was less than two minutes left. One of the
2: great plays of the year. Ballsy as hell. And he was like, whatever.
1: Wave. They're tossing a beach ball around in the stands. I can't be bothered with decisions like what we're going to do here.
2: Number one. Colin Cowher talking to Albert Breer. I want you to hear this one about Tom Brady and his future.
3: I think there are certain things he appreciates more now about the New England experience, whether it's the discipline in the program, it's how tight everything was wound, um, how the game was called, the offensive coaching he had. And it sort of takes me back to you know when Josh McDaniels left New England the first time and went to Denver and Billy O'Brien got promoted. In two- it was 2009, got promoted to become the offensive play caller. And almost right away, Bill O'Brien got a text from Tom Brady with four words. I want to be coach.
2: Which I find that whole angle so fascinating because he had a coach, but I guess was dissatisfied of how involved he was. So he pulled a coup for another guy who is pretty quiet and a defensive guy. We're going to build on this because this is a story. I do believe Tom Brady is going to want to come back. So what are the Bucs going to do? Blow out? The entire staff, and get someone who will coach him, or does he go elsewhere?
1: It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins, only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN
2: Sports Reno. Breaking news, and on the uh, sort of legal front, was just saying that the uh, UC Regents in California they do allow UCLA to go to the Big Ten, but. UCLA will have to give Cal about 2 to $5 million a year. Justin Watkins is in with us. That's a story we cover a lot, right, Justin?
0: Yeah, I'm actually surprised it was that amount. I expected it to be a little bit more. Okay.
2: All right. Uh, let's get into uh, some legal stories. And, and, you know, recently, because uh, we like to lean on Justin for his experience as a public servant, I like to throw this stuff your way. Did you see the upgrades that are coming up here? About $7.5 million. On Allegiant Stadium, they include some canopies, a cover for the grass field, outdoor misting system, more bollards, and uh, that'll be about $7.5 million. Um, your thoughts on that? And then our biggest question is, who pays for this?
0: Well, I think it's very likely that the uh, this will come out of the, the taxpayer money in the via the stadium authority. And what particularly irks me about these requested upgrades is... We got upgrades to protect the grass field that the Raiders won't let anybody else use other than them. And that they're so stingy about that, that, you know, we're moving bowl games, potentially losing uh, participants in the bowl game because they're from the East Coast and whether or not they can get the game in earlier or not. So I, I just to me when you got these public servants who have an opportunity to negotiate a better deal on behalf of the taxpayers you know if if the Raiders want to come to the Stadium Authority and say hey we want to get these seven and a half million dollars in upgrades okay get something for it right you you guys didn't negotiate a great deal on the lease you have an opportunity to fix some quirks and you don't do it and so it's it's mind-boggling well it's not mind-boggling I know exactly what happens in these situations they like the relationship they have with the higher ups for the Raiders. They like to maintain that relationship and make everything copacetic because they have to deal with them all the time. And for the most part, the public's not making a stink about it yep. uh, because you know it's it's just not it's too far down we could, because the, we yeah right list. because
2: we don't know and we can't that's not our job to see into the future. And safeguard against all this stuff. It's a job of people like, and I mention her all the time because she came on the air. Michelle Fiore came on with us and basically admitted, I didn't have time to read the whole proposal. Very busy. I'm like, all right, well, this is what we get now. Um, and all I'm asking for, and I think most of the public would ask for, is oversight, right? What is happening? Why does this stuff cost this much? Who makes a decision? Who's paying for it? Like, As a, another example, the LVCVA has now agreed to sponsor the Pac-12 title game next year. I think you can make the economic argument that it does bring in excess of $1.2 million to the market, but I would like to see the explanation. And, you know, maybe I'm way off here. Maybe that explanation is out there, but I, I, we are so aggressive on sports now and the LVCVA is part of it. I do believe we do need some oversight on how money is being spent.
0: Yeah. Well, just to finish up on, on the prior issue with the stadium and the Raiders, Uh, You know, forget about Michelle Fiore. Forget about the people who voted for it in October of 2016. Okay, you know what? Fine. There's an ongoing obligation on behalf of the people who are on the board of the stadium authority to protect and be good shepherds of the public tax dollar. They are entrusted to do that, and they need to act in the benefit of the public, not for the benefit of the private, uh, sector in in this regard, and so if we just give a seven and a half million and do nothing about it, it's they who failed, not anybody who voted for this in October 2016. Because they did, frankly they didn't negotiate this lease. Okay. This lease was negotiated by the stadium authority, and if the person who is making the argument for its financial wherewithal is the same people who advocated on behalf of the bill in the first place, which it is here, mm-hmm. then I just don't feel like we are getting. The public is not getting um you know adequate advocacy on its behalf now in regards to the pac-12 uh championship and the sponsorship by the las vegas convention center to me it makes sense right like in the article you sent over to me it said last year the pac-12 brought in about 60 million dollars in in revenue to uh to the city and that this year the game was a sellout much more uh heavily watched and participated in Uh, and travelers so they expect the number to be higher than that Uh, the whole point of the convention center and visitors authority is to bring people here and they are to invest our dollars to do that and they should turn a profit and if they spend a million to bring in 60 seems like a seems like they're doing their job to me
2: yeah, I had a uh, interesting conversation with uh, Howard Stutz, who's covered the uh, financial, um, you know, the, the gaming uh, in this market forever. And, you know, if you, if you tie uh, what Allegiant has done, bringing in big events into the market to our gaming revenues, it actually has been kind of amazing, the recovery we've made in 2022 and most of 2023. I think we're on, like, 20 straight months of, uh, I think it's over a billion dollars in gaming revenue, so... If you, know, if you put two and two together, all these extra people in town for these big events at the Owl seems to have worked.
0: I agree with you, but that doesn't mean that when they ask us to spend $7.5 million, right. we don't ask for something right, right, on right. behalf of the public. You, get, in you response. get whatever you want. You get whatever you yeah. want because it's been working. No, well, there needs to be some
2: accountability. Right. Justin Watkins is with us. Battle Born Injury Lawyers, former public servant, 766-1400 is the number to call from anywhere in the state of Nevada. That includes if you're uh, looking to talk to the office in uh, Reno and here in Vegas. Uh, Justin joins us every Wednesday. Hmm. A lot of places I could go here. I just wanted to make a – just get your opinion on some of the, the shifting of the casino biz locally. Again, this is a public servant question, and, and I'm sure that there are public servants in certain areas who are um, – I don't know about upset, but maybe a little bit depressed. Did you see that station's – uh, in addition to building a property over by the curve on 215 at Durango and 215, it looks like they're now going to build a station casino out by Inspirada. Now, keep in mind, they bailed out of both the Texas and the Fiesta, and they also bailed out of the Fiesta in Henderson. So just, just as, you know, Las Vegas, what do you think?
0: Uh, to me, it makes sense, right? I mean, I think the station casinos were always meant for kind of locals. That's the way I saw them. They were always off the strip. They were in the neighborhoods, not in the inner city or in the, you know, close to the, in proximity to the strip. And you know what, frankly, those other locations are more city center today than they were 30 years ago when they were built. I mean, the Santa, like, well, the Santa Fe, they sold a while ago, Fiesta in Texas, those, that used to be the outskirts of town. Now, if you're, if you're there, you know, I, I wouldn't call it downtown, but you're uh, downtown west. Uh, you're not too far from the inner city. And so I don't know that any locals want to, not any, not as many locals will, will travel there to go to a local casino. <laughs> than, I than did. They will. I did.
2: It's my area. I did. So I, get, I guess this is more of a personal thing for me that, you know, I don't live anywhere near Inspirata. And I actually liked Fiesta and Texas. And I used to live really close to Fiesta and Henderson. Um, And one, that one's gone. So I I don't know. I just our casinos, especially stations. And they do. This is a positive for what station does and what what Boyd does and what they do down at the South Point. You know, they do provide a lot of services. Um, I'm not going to say it's like the mall of the 80s. But in a way for Vegas, it kind of is. So, you know, for those of us who live in those older areas where those casinos existed, we lose out a little bit
0: oh well you know what i mean i I like that you said that i grew i grew up out by what is now called floyd lamb state park you know out in the middle of the desert and when they built uh the santa fe it wasn't stations who built it but they bought it and improved it a ton shortly after it was built i mean there was the bowling alley they had the ice skating rink uh, they had the big arcade you know it it was it was the closest thing we had to a mall out that way i mean the closest mall then was meadows which was still quite a few miles away from where we grew up so I, I agree with you they do provide a ton of in- infrastructure um but they also it's got to be profitable for them right we can't just yeah. unless they're getting subsidized they got to do what's best for them and i bet you i bet you the one in inspirata will not be built in the next 10 years no way they, they, they got so much work to be done i live close to that area of town and it's beautiful up there but there is a ton of houses that still need to be built, infrastructure to be built as well.
1: Yeah, that one on Durango, I just have to say, I'm very interested to see what they do. I'm, I'm excited for it because it's right by me. The uh, Was it the egress, ingress and egress? <laughs> um, Durango. To bring back the, uh, oh, an Woo! old term. Uh, that <laughs> place that. can be a nightmare traffic-wise yeah. right now uh, before a massive casino pops up on that corner. Right. I cannot wait to see how that happens. That would be crazy
0: yeah you know I I've been waiting for that one to get built for a while because that will be the closest for me as well I'm out in Southern Highlands and it's on my way to work I pass it every day has to be the fastest casino I've ever seen built it's going up incredibly fast I'm I'm a little disappointed in the architecture I gotta say it doesn't look that appealing to me but we'll see how it finishes up I agree with you Durango and 215 is already a mess um So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I love, though, what's happening on that corner. Um, I love the Uncommons buildings. Those look awesome. I love what they're being built out there. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that whole area develops.
1: Uh, As someone whose father is a high-ranking official with Station Casinos, I think the architecture is fantastic.
0: (laughs) 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 Uh, I don't know about that one. (laughs) That's what I forgot.
2: Oh, no. Am I in trouble now? That's right. He's the one who said the thing about the architecture. I was just disappointed they're leaving neighborhoods that I've lived in and live in. Just just want to put it out there. You know, it's great. Looks great. Mm -hmm. Got to remember. Don't ever forget. (laughs) It's a very small (laughs) town, Justin. Everything is interconnected here in town. Um, Real quick, we got like 30 seconds here. We'll carry it over. Uh, Just some initial reactions, like literally 30 seconds on Chris Beard. I know it's a, a deep dive topic. We'll get to more of it. What do you think?
0: If he really does have an audio of this, I want to hear it. Um, why wouldn't he disclose it? My only guess is is before the cops got there, as soon as she dialed 911, she called he called his attorney, told him what, oh, what wow. was going on, and he said, Don't share it until I hear it, probably. Because I mean, it's it's the same as a confession or you know it's a statement you can't take back so it'll be interesting to see what that audio is if he has it
2: all right more on Chris Beard the former UNLV coach of uh, what about 10-15 days in trouble in Texas felony assault charge right now he's suspended and definitely not coaching the Longhorns we'll have more on that it's Nevada Sports Talk Hour brought to you by Battleborne Injury Lawyers the number from anywhere in Nevada 766-1400 it's time
1: for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins, only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno.
2: Justin Watkins is with us. We were just talking about Chris Beard, who got arrested on Sunday morning, charged with felony assault, accused of uh, choking his fiance. There was a lot more in the police report. What do you think of the uh, police report and the details, Justin?
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought the 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 police uh, did a good job of documenting what the allegations were uh, and the physical evidence um, to substantiate what was being said uh, by his fiance. That being said, um, you know, it depends on how things got started. You know, she says that the first that that he was triggered when he when she grabbed his glasses out of his hand and broke them and then she left the room. He then, 10, 15 minutes later, went into the room that she was in. She offered him a, a different pair of glasses. He smacked him out of her hand, and then uh, the physical altercation took place there, including, I, I believe, a slap across the face and two different versions of a chokehold, one from behind and one from sort of face-to-face on top. Um, now, it's I think it's gonna be unlikely even if she started a physical altercation in some way, maybe like, let's use an example. There's nothing in the police report to say this, but let's use an example of she slapped him first. Would that then in defense justify a chokehold? Probably not in and of itself. There would have to be something more to it to justify that level of retaliation. Um, Again, there's nothing in the police report to say that. The only reason I'm even laying out that scenario is because of his allegation to the police, which is documented in the police report, which is I've got evidence that she started the physical altercation and it's recorded. So uh, I think we'll we will definitely hear more from this. Um, And and I, I think I saw rumors already about something about the fiance has recounted her story. I don't know that to be true, but maybe you guys do.
2: Hadn't seen it hadn't uh-huh. seen it I yeah. wonder from what does Texas need to hear to get him back on the bench and and how when you have a tape right and and the police want it at some point like how quickly could beard move this along to get the tape in there or or was part of the reason of holding back the tape to potentially get a different story from his fiance
0: yeah, I mean, I think if if I were advising him and I was his attorney in the moment, I would have said, "Don't give the tape either, unless I could clearly hear the tape and mm-hmm. it fully exonerated him." Um, but outside of that, I would say, "Don't give him the tape." Um, but if he got that advice, I'm not sure why he said he had the tape. Right. Right. You know, it's kind of a weird thing to do, but okay. Um, and there was nothing in the police report to document that. Counsel was present or on the line or anything like that, and I if if I had been consulted, I would have stayed on the line, um, and communicated with the police right then and there, and just said, "Hey, we we will cooperate with an investigation. He's not going to answer any questions, you know, yada yada yada." So um, it'll be I, you know we haven't heard the end of it, uh, but it'll be interesting to see if he can support what he was saying to the police at the scene. Uh,
1: really quick, I, I just. I'm kind of trying to wrap my head around adjusting. You So you would advise him not to play that? Like I feel like from a public perception standpoint, if I have something that would you know, not allow me to get arrested and in trouble, I would want to play that card.
0: Yeah, I would tell him not to play it unless I could hear it, okay. right? If I could hear it and it fully exonerated him and could not be interpreted in any other way, then okay. But uh, outside of that, I would not want to give that evidence over to the police uh, if there was any sort of holes in the story or any matters of interpretation in which I'm not the one speaking on behalf of my client.
2: Justin, we appreciate a couple minutes today. Hope all is well, and uh, we'll see you when you're back in town. All right. Thanks, guys. There he is, Justin Watkins, Battle Born Injury Lawyers. The number to call from anywhere in the state of Nevada is 766-1400. I was just looking for a recanting of the story. I didn't see it yet, but we'll follow up on that one. Texas certainly didn't respond well. The players in game number one. I mean, that's a that's a pretty tough situation to get fired up for a game. What later that day, and they struggled against Rice. Even though Rodney Terry's a good coach, he was in for Beard. But a lot more coming on the story. It's Cofield and Company live on
1: ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno.
2: John Von here. It's Cofield. Big Wednesday discussion coming up next hour. I have a good discussion here, too, but next hour, a little more on the future. A quarterback for lots of organizations. We had started out the hour playing Al Breer, an NFL reporter, talking about Brady. Sounds like he wants to come back, but not in Tampa. So what the hell does that mean? Here we go. Another crazy offseason. So the last week or so, I don't know why I've been getting down with it. I think I might have talked about this on the air the other day about, um, I think I joked about it. I was like having a breakdown the other day looking at TikTok. And the reason I was having a breakdown is I, I don't know, I stumbled upon a bunch of sports content. I was like, oh, my God, there's so much stuff up here. And there are so many creative people. I'm like, we got to keep up with the Joneses. It's getting crazy. Right? Like, am I ready to do this? Right, it's like the uh, it's not really a midlife crisis because I'm not going to be 104. Yeah, I start Uh, getting griddy and doing stuff like that. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what we're supposed to do, right? Because as I was watching it, I'm like, there's incredible stuff up here, really good stuff, stuff. and a lot of it is by athletes. And one of the guys who's doing a really good job is Jordan McCabe, who plays for UNLV. Was at West Virginia. His TikTok account has 11 million likes and 227,000. Followers. 227,000 followers. Really? And he's got good stuff up there. He's got really good stuff up there. So, you know, I pulled him aside the other day because I was having my TikTok crisis and Instagram and the, the, the Twitter. And I'm like, what How? What are we supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? I don't know what works and what doesn't. So I'm like, let me lean on the 20-something who's got all this going on. So anyway, I was watching a video the other day. He's playing one-on-one with his girlfriend, right? A little basketball. And apparently he got, he got popped right in the groin. So I opened the conversation. I was like, I saw you got popped in the pills. How are you?
3: Oh, yes. My TikTok. So you've been, that's a deep dive. I'm like, oh, I i forgot. Yeah, Liv, uh, that's her go-to move when we play one-on-one. Um, she goes at uh, the Family Jewels. That way so she can get a shot up because I don't play easy on her. So when we play one-on-one, I try to beat her 11-0. My dad always told me, don't take it easy on anybody, even if it's your grandma. So I don't take it easy on Liv either. That's her go-to move.
2: What motivates you to put up current stuff? Because it's not easy doing a lot of social media.
3: Yeah, I don't, you know, the the motivation for me in it is is creative-based. It's not really like chasing after followers or chasing after this. I think it's uh, I've always been sort of a creative person and when I see stuff that that I think is cool whether it's the way somebody talks or tells a story um, or creates a video I try to emulate it um, it's something that I do more just on the fun side of it and then I've also kind of shifted my attention now as I get older and less of an entertainment value there's still some of that there and more of you know My goal at the end of the day is I'd like to have my own program. I'd like to coach and be a head coach. So um, where that starts for me is on an individual level. So teaching people how to play the game in different ways and maximize their abilities, that's kind of what my content has turned into is probably more instructional than anything, Um, but still keeping my my personality involved. That's kind of what motivates me. Jordan
2: McCabe, we're talking about the social media um, I think it's like 227,000 followers, like 11 million likes. Yeah. That's interesting. You just mentioned that you want a future in coaching. So have you actually put thought to like, hey, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Oh, These yeah. People can look back on this.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I think it's, it's going to be a real interesting ride here as, uh, as my generation moves into different positions. And uh, people can scroll back through and see what their thoughts were when they were, shoot, 18, 19, 20 years old. Are they all going to be good? No. Do I have to be careful with what I put out? A little bit, but I still want to just be me. Um, You know, I don't want to uh, completely curate what I put out there in order to be buttoned up. If that's not exactly who I am, if I'm just, you know, kind of a free-spirited person, that's who I'd like to be. Um, The the world of coaching, too, is changing a little bit. And you look over at Colorado, Deion Sanders doesn't do it a traditional way. Um, is he kind of just a one in a million guy? Maybe but there's something to be said for the influx of guys who want to play for him um, and the world we live in from a social media standpoint. I'm pretty careful about it because I know there's pitfalls with social media Um, so I just try to keep the main thing the main thing and if I find something cool or interesting or want to be creative, I do that.
2: It looks like you have some sponsorship on there. Is that an NIL? Is that separate? How would you come up with that?
3: Yeah, so once NIL broke, um, because I had amassed a certain number of followers, it gave me the opportunity to work with some really cool brands. Um, My most recent one, uh, we're doing a deal with Nissan, and they're doing uh, the Heisman House, their new show. So it's a promotional thing where I tell my followers, hey, go check this out. Um, and, and many other brands that you'll see on my pages. So that's something. Once again, it's just a learning thing. I'd never known how to broker a deal with a brand. I'd never knew about, you know, the marketing and the agency side of things. And, and now I get a chance to do that. So that's pretty cool.
2: Are you doing that on your own, or someone's helping you with it?
3: Yeah. So I'm signed to Viral Nation, and they're a—they're uh, technically a social media influencer agency. So they don't handle anything sports-wise. Um, and, and athletes kind of have to. Be careful, because a lot of agencies do both marketing and professional contract brokers. And if you're doing that, then that's illegal. If there's anything having to do with your actual sport. But Viral doesn't do anything except work with big brands. So.
2: So you got to think like a NASCAR driver. You shout it out, Nissan. I know you have other sponsors. You got to yeah. shout them all out.
3: Oh shoot! Uh, yeah, see that. My dad always said never, never, never. If it's a teammate, like who did good, don't say his name because then you got to thank them all. But uh, there's a long list of sponsors and, and different people that I've worked with, um, and uh, hopefully there'll be more down the down the road here soon. I uh, did one with Vivid Seats. That I I say that one just because I had a really good time with that. We kind of did a at home with Baker Mayfield type of type of uh, commercial almost so that was fun I, I just i just have fun with
2: it you're in a studio at times when you're doing your list yeah right yeah. and i seen isaac trell on that where's that studio
3: oh i can't gatekeep it anymore so i found this studio um this year and i'm sick that i didn't find it right when i got here at the library at lead there's two podcasting studios um, fully kitted out, like yeah. like high-end stuff. That's what we use. There's also like recording studios for music. There's a green screen room. I mean, they do really well here at UNLV for their students and uh, in the creative space. It's cool.
2: Where do you come up with the ideas for your list? Is That that can't be completely off the cuff. There's some prep there, right? Yeah,
3: uh, yeah so that, that's what I'm talking about. I see somebody else do a draft of a certain topic, right? You, you list one through three. I've seen I've seen Thanksgiving drafts, right, where everybody starts picking. What's the best part of Thanksgiving, and somebody will say ham, or you know, they'll go down the list and they'll they'll draft. So I'm like, okay, how do we? And all I do is take these trends and then try to shift them into what I know, and that's that's basketball. So, yeah, there's there's some prep that goes into it, uh, more on my end than Isaiah's end, but that's okay. He's a good personality to have.
2: Everyone's got to learn yeah. how to prep. Uh, last yeah. one, not to be too creepy, but I noticed one of the lists you were just kind of generally talking about things you like. Yeah. Did you list midday naps?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big midday nap guy. Anytime you can just naturally fall into a nap, uh, especially especially on like a Sunday when the sun's coming through, it's just warm, there's football playing, there's not a lot going on, midday naps are the best. They're very elite.
2: Can't do it. Can't do midday naps. No. I have no shot. I, especially with the work schedule, but I would sleep six, seven hours. It's not, there's no well, one hour nap. My thing is, even if I
1: take like a two hour nap, I wake up more tired than when I went to sleep. A lot sleep. of
2: people say that. I, I hate it. I, I feel groggy. <laughs> I feel out of place. I, I despise it. Okay, naps. that interview that was Jordan McCabe, he plays on the UNLV basketball team. Interview of the year, by the way. That interview could either make you really sad or happy.
1: <laughs> I mean. From my standpoint, I think I'm happy. That's really cool. I think it's I, tremendous. I no idea.
2: But it made me sad. I'm like, I got to get it in a gear. I think you're a little behind. Well, I'm behind on TikTok. Yeah. it's It looks to me to be very daunting, but I see people who appear to be, and, and I'm not talking about Cabe, but appear to be complete morons who can use it. So I'm confident that I'll be able to use it at a base level. But here's the thing. When you do it it's got to be good cuz we can all do lame social media but the happy part of it is <laughs> the content being put out by tens of thousands of people and especially students is freaking awesome and that's what you want when you're a parent is to have your kid go to school and then be enterprising and learning stuff that maybe a lot of us didn't learn until we were 28 30 35 years old you want to start learning that stuff to be self-sufficient I mean, the guy's got an agency working for him. He's got tons of deals. I don't know what his shake drink is. He wouldn't even mention it. I was the like, pre-workout? Yeah. 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 Like he's got that. Um, now, part of it is his girlfriend is very popular as well. Olivia, now I'm blanking on her last name. Um, she's got like 250,000 followers. He's got 225,000 followers. She's got 8 million likes. He's got 11 million likes. Olivia Morgan. Olivia Morgan. Or Morgan, excuse me. Excuse oh, okay. Okay. But I thought that was really cool talking to him, and a lot of it I was like, "Hey, I'm curious," but I'd also like to learn from you, young man. I think it's really cool what's going on on social media, and that's why when I hear older people and they're like, "Man, social media is all terrible," it's not all terrible. It's a new way to make money, create a brand, learn real life skills. Um, and I, John, you know, I know this is a pet peeve of yours. I can't tell you how many. Like 60-something broadcasters, and I'm not that far away from it, but 60-something sports radio guys who are out of work right now, and all they do is gripe and moan about how awful everything is now, and there's no talent. And I I never write back, but I want to write back, there's talent. It just passed you. Right. Maybe you were never that talented. Seriously. Right. No, you're right. I am I'm, I'm serious. Like, I see stuff on TikTok and I'm like, if I was a programmer, I'd be like. All right, we're either adding shows or everyone's going to do stuff like this, or you're fired. And that includes me. There's so much creativity. Now, I will say, this is just a stand up for what we do. We are doing three hours of content, which turns out to be like an hour and 45 minutes of content with the commercials. So, doing things for a minute or two minutes is a little bit different. But, but like, the basic skills of being an entertainer are there by thousands of people on TikTok who want to talk sports. Of course. And do sports content. And, and by the way, if you sift through it, there's a lot of idiots on there
1: with content that's not good oh. in terms of the knowledge. Do
2: we do we? Like, uh, can, I think do we have any of those cuts from uh, Screaming Gambler guy? Because you turned me on there the craziness of like Reddit gambling, sports and gambling. And there's TikTok. some guy McHugh and all like I swear three quarters of his posts are he just sees a bad beat or a loss and he's like what the
1: Clemson? What the f- happened? How is DJ Ukulele still on the field week 13? We have Spencer Rattler dragging his f butts across the
2: field. If Duke doesn't cover minus 32 and a half tonight against Lafayette, college basketball is fake. This is a Lafayette team that just lost a pen by twenty-eight. Raiders, what the
1: f*** happened? No Stafford, no cup. no f-ing Donald. You just up a 98-yard drive to a guy living in an
2: Airbnb. It is beyond stupid and infantile. How many likes? 10 million. But it's making money. Yep. And even if, even if you're like, I don't want to talk to an audience like that, we'll be proud of yourself. You you take the high road oh. while this guy's come up with a bit that people actually want to watch. It doesn't make any sense, but it does. People will
1: gravitate to stuff like that. I want to talk to the audience. Those are the things that just drive you nuts when you listen to them. Uh-huh. Uh, and by the way, he stole the bit of another famous TikToker, who actually might have just been canceled, sadly enough. The, uh, you know, insert sport team, what happened? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But regardless... Some of the content, I'm like, man, I could do a little bit better than this, and we should. I just got Vsin to start. <laughs> I just got V-SIN to start a TikTok account. I mean, yeah. we talked I talked to and brought it up in our last digital meeting. I'm like, this is something you guys got to get in on. Sports gambling TikTok yeah. now is just
2: dude sitting there going, I'm going to bet this. By the way, you guys have totally changed because I remember at the beginning, I would hear stories about VCN and how they were annoyed. I'd say like Mitch and Paul for doing regular sports radio stuff they always did here, which was non-sports stuff. And then I see you guys having a intense debate yesterday across a bunch of different Twitter handles. Cracker Barrel or Denny's? I'm not mad at it. Not mad at it.